Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 1st, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? Happy New Year. Welcome 2021. I assume you guys had a very safe New Year's Eve. No no fireworks blown off. There were fireworks everywhere by where I live. I mean, I swear, the although the city I live in, it's uh, heads or tails if it's fireworks or gunshots. So, is that a drinking game you guys like to play? Yeah, every time we hear and we drink and say, is that a firework or is that a gunshot? We don't know. But it was just me and my husband. Um, we brought Naneers safe at home by herself and just watched everyone else light off fireworks and uh, possibly shoot some guns. Yeah, no, I, I spent a quiet evening with my fiance and it, it was really, really quiet. We did hear one gunshot, singular. And that's because our neighbor, like, like if a deer wanders into the yard, they just run out the door and shoot it. So uh, that's caused problems. They, they've they shot my dad's truck several times with that method. But there was one errant gunfire last night. We don't know where that was or what it was towards. But other than that, it was a quiet evening. So I uh, can't complain too much. Uh, there's no fireworks around here. Yeah, so it's a war zone over where I live, so it's all fireworks. Are but they the thing legal? is, no, they're not legal. They're illegal. They're all illegal. But if everyone does it, the cops ain't gonna do shit about it. We're in the Go. same boat. It's illegal in my county and in the city. It's illegal, but everyone does it, so the cops don't give two so, shits. So you you can do the spinning ones and the the, the five thousand count like red ones, but. They're shooting aerials and bomb bomb aerials, and those are just explosions to set off car alarms at that point. And so, it's uh, very interesting because it's just like in our in the dear lord of twenty twenty and everything going on with that lovely year. Yeah, how, how the hell do you guys have money to get <laughs> to blow on that? And why? Why? <laughs> but it's uh, a lot of it is usually uh, military people. Let's just say that much. That makes a lot of sense. But with that, I mean, we'll get into what we've been listening to just in a little bit here because if you guys don't know, this is our end of the year podcast. And usually we like to wrap out the year by talking about two things. Mostly we talk about the Oricon ranking listings, which is very interesting. And we talk about our top five tracks Artists of the Year and New Artists of the Year that we like to love Looney Dub for ourselves. And this year was a very interesting year overall. But with that, let's kind of go into the Oricon first. And obviously they were talking about the number one sales overall. I'm not really too surprised of it. You got Odyssey who took number one overall for the ninth time in their career. Uh, a history first, obviously, and possibly might be the last. So it's interesting that Odyssey did it. And 
How do you, how do you guys feel about that? First of all, I'm glad they made the year end charts. I was kind of worried, to be honest. Hmm. And I think this is Adashi was a good album to go out on. It was solid. My only gripe that not all the songs blend well together. However, with it being such an odd year in general, you know, is they, they, I still think all the hits they had on there were solid. I mean, you had Kaito, you had Turning Up, you had Whenever, Whenever You Call. I mean, they had some amazing singles on there. And all in all, I think it was something good to go out on because it showcased all their range and what they can do. And I think they did a good job for this year being what it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wasn't really surprised. Like, in my mind, like, I couldn't imagine who else could take this spot. So I'm, I'm glad. And, you know, Arashi has worked really hard over the course of their career to build that image and that perception of what they are. And I think they care a lot about it. So, you know, it's nice to see, you know, nine years running, like, they're you know, they're able to take top spot and... You know, it probably is going to be the last year because uh, they're they're going to go take their break. But you know, uh, they had a stellar nine years, and uh, I think they've changed the Japanese music industry for the better. So, you know, we'll 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 see how things shake out. But I'm I'm glad they're here. Yeah. So I mean, they sold over fourteen point five billion and worth of total revenue i would want to say nearly half of that was probably their blu-ray and dvd sales because they they top the charts usually around there and it's interesting that they sold so much i mean their album did fairly fairly well but we'll, we'll get more on that in a little bit but for for total sales in japan i have to specifically say this because Second, BTS showed up and they sold a. They they were matching Odyssey almost beat for beat to a point that they were selling 10.7 billion and worth of total revenue in Japan. So that's really impressive. Obviously, if we were thinking worldwide numbers, BTS will probably blow every single artist out of the water, but they had to kind of play fair and this is only Japan only. So we have that. And obviously. Last, but certainly not least, it is Kenji Yonezu taking third for for total revenues of sales. And th that's great for Kenji. I mean, his album, Straight Sheep, has sold so much and done so well. I wouldn't imagine this going to any other artist. But. Oh, I agree. Like, Kenji just... Straight Sheep blew me out of the water and... Seeing how well Kenshi did this year just was amazing. I mean, he really built it up and Stray Sheep is still what a great album and I'm still listening to it and it's still selling very, very, very well. Yeah, Kenshi had a really good year. I mean, it you know, Stray Sheep has been on the, you know, the weekly CDs, you know, since it came out and you know, he's had a good year, and I mean, the guy puts his heart and soul in his music. You can definitely hear it in everything that he does, and I think he's worked really hard. So, you know, I, I you know, I think he, he's had a good year. It's nice to see that he gets the recognition from the hard work that he puts into it, and uh, can't wait to see what he does next. 
Yeah, that's for darn sure. For singles, obviously, we knew that they were going to take top overall. And that is Invitation Rain slash DD by Six Stones versus Snowman. That's particularly how that single was billed at as a double double debut single. And it rocked the industry as a whole by selling, over the course of a year, 1.7 million copies. I know that... If I remember correctly, the debut sold close to a million copies, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I guess these subsequent sales of this particular single pushed it over the edge, which is great. Uh, Imitation Rain and DD. I mean, I'm not surprised on this just because seeing Six Stones and Snowman team up like this and do that dual double debut single was just amazing and... I I think it was a great way for them to go, and still looking back at it, it was a very, very memorable single. I mean, this this single, it makes a lot of sense. This thing was billed as the next generation of Johnny's, and, you, you know, there's a lot of X factor into that. What's, you know, the next generation of Johnny's going to be like? What's that sound? What's that? What's that? sound going to be like so i think that really fueled a lot of their sales that's just my two cents but you know it, it's an interesting release and you know i'm not entirely surprised that they're here because i mean usually when a new johnny's group debuts they they tend to do gangbusters and they use they usually have a breakout hit i remember king and prince i think they had the number one single the year they debuted too yes so, yes, yes. so you know th- that tends to be how that goes and so because everyone's really eager you know to see you know what's what's the next johnny's group going to be like so i i think that's really the 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 thing that really fueled their numbers but you know they, they had a good uh launch out of the gate I'm not the biggest uh, Imitation Rain fan, but, you know, still, it it was something that got us talking. It's something that we're talking about now, and, you know, they're going to be on the Kohaku, so, or they were on the Kohaku, and so, you know, it's, um, it's nice to see them here. Yeah, I mean, what's also kind of interesting is the subsequent singles that took number two and number three, and number two was AKB48's single Shitsuden Arigato, which was the graduation single for first-generation member Minami Minagishi. And number three was was Kaito by Arashi. So, obviously, I believe they're th- for single debut for the singles it is singles copy sold physically because this would be a totally different ballpark if we were to include the digital sales oh no i completely agree because it's it's really hard to say on that with you know how that is i i still think kaito is probably one of my favorites to be honest of those and i mean well, we already know how I feel in AKB, but, but I mean, I still think it's just, it's just interesting how the digital and physical have just played, the digital has really come up this year and played a big role in how we view the media and how we're taking that perspective on the new releases and singles and how people are getting it. 
Yeah, no, this was, uh, honestly, I'm going to be straight. I totally forgot AKB48 even had a release this year. (laughs) Yeah, because it was in, like, February, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was so early on, but, I I, I mean, it makes sense, because, I mean, it seems like in years past, like, like, AKB48, it's, like, half the the chart. So, you know, it it is nice that, you, you know, that they're here. It, it was a good year for idols. I mean, there's a lot of years that are good years for idols, but you know, I really like, you know, seeing Kaito up here. I think, you know, that was one of the most memorable Arashi songs that they've dropped in years. And so to have that up there, it, it's really nice. And I, I think it's a good number to go out on uh, being third. And yeah, if we were talking about digital, like it'd be different because it seems like most of the year we've talked about Homura or Garenge. So the, the, you know, the fact that they're, that, you know, neither one of those songs is in the top three shows that, you know, the digital space is a lot different, but you know, I'm glad to see these guys here. Uh, Arashi is, you know, amazing. I I still don't even remember the song, but you know, it, it's AKB. They always sell well. I don't think there's too much shock and awe that they were number two. Yeah. And I mean, with that, let's kind of baton pass into the digital sales here. And obviously number one for digital single and artists for that mind, it wasn't surprising that Lisa took both categories with Gorenge dominating the year. It wasn't even Homura. It was Gorenge dominating the year and being downloaded over 900,000 times over the course of this year alone. And then Homura took second by being downloaded over 700,000 times. It's she dominated the market just on downloading sales alone. And that's hell of impressive. Oh, I completely agree. And I feel like also with digital, it makes it more available to the world. And I know a lot of people aren't able, always able overseas to purchase physical singles. So I feel like digitally, it really helped drive sales this year, especially for Lisa with Homoda and Gudenge with Demon Slayer. It's been such a worldwide phenomenon, and I feel like it's helped booster sales not only within Japan, but throughout the world has contributed to this. And it's just been a great year for her in general, and it's always neat to see how the digital singles look over the physical ones. Yeah, so uh, something interesting I want to point out is Humora dropped in, I think, October. So Humora's only been out a handful of months and for it to be number two at 700,000 downloads is pretty crazy while Garenge came out last year. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's something that, you know, like, like I said, like where we cover it every week, like, you know, there's not been too many weeks where we haven't said, you know, Oh, Hey, here's Garenge. So it it is, it's really shocking, you know? And and I think, do you think it goes to the international market? I mean, that's really the big deal. Cause you know, it's like Luna said, it's like, you like if you're overseas, you're probably going to be more of a digital person than you really are going to be physical. Not that there aren't physical people overseas, but more often than not, just due to availability and simplicity, like, it, you know, digital just makes more sense. So it's, and, you know, anime has really become 
real, you know, a lot more mainstream over the past 10 years in America than it was, you know, 20 years ago. The, so the thing is with that, if uh, I'm going to kind of cut in before I think what I think you're going to be heading here, the thing is with this, I would love to see the country split of who was downloading Homora because this the song that this anime is appeared to be attached to isn't even available internationally yet yeah. no internationally let's yeah. let's be straight here that's, you know, a be- that's a better way to say it, yes yeah it isn't available internationally yet so once that is available nationally in, in internationally i wonder how homora is gonna take off because yeah. that is correct you know i would say seven eighths of it is domestic being being downloaded for this and not internationally internationally does help that market just a bit and obviously her loving relationship with with demon slavery iba does help it a bit but for the most part this is all domestic i would assume yeah your argument makes a lot of sense and it could be uh showing that uh there there's a generational shift happening in japan so yeah Younger might be more digital and younger would be way more interested in, you know, Demon Slayer than, you know, say like people in their 40s and 50s. Yeah, no, it makes total sense, especially looking at how Yaiba, aka Demon Slayer, has dominated the movie scene in Japan. I mean, it's been number one and it just overtook Spirited Away. And think about all the younger people who are going to see that, like Gray and Ken said, with it being more they're more digital capable, more electronic capable, and willing to use that type of platform. So I'm sure that was a huge driver for all these digital sales, is all the younger people going to see it and downloading the song afterward. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to see that, like, over the course of just two months, it caught up Gurringi. Oh, it's absurd. It it's absurd. It's absurd, but that also speaks to how well Yaiba did. I mean, just to split ball for Yaiba just a bit here, for the manga, it took the top 22 spots for the national book sales. All of Yaiba, all 22 volumes, not even the last one, not even the 23rd volume, all 22 volumes reached in some way, shape, or form the top 22 spots in the Japanese physical book sales. And that's freaking crazy. It sold 10 times more than any multimedia franchise did this past year. I think One Piece was second, but it wasn't even close. to. I think it did it three times better than One Piece. Just the, the absurd popularity of this yeah. particular franchise just yeah just well, boomed well, well and and you know one one piece you know that's a lot of historic stuff because you know one piece has been around for over 20 years you know there's a lot of people that you know have just been fans of it over the years yeah but you know demon slayer you, you know it had its rise in popularity within the past year or two and i was actually surprised that it's already over with but yeah, no, like this. You know, this it, past it, volume was the last one. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 crazy. Uh, I I mean, I think there's gonna be like only one more season of the anime, and then that's it. it, it it's it's interesting, like how big that that got, even in Japan, which which 
goes to show like its popularity because I know it's just as big outside of Japan as it is inside Japan. So, I mean, it's a popular series overall and everybody likes it. Oh, it is. It's crazy. You go into Hot Topic and everything's Demon Slayer or Ghibli. Yeah. yeah. Well, regardless, come, going back to the article here, the number three, which was Official Hige, and their hit song, I Love, took number three. And I'm happy for that. It's good to see Official Hige come on this list for the song that they were most successful with this past year. So I'm happy for that. I I am as well as I Love was a very solid track. And especially looking at it, that came out in January of 2020, which is crazy. Yep. So yep. I'm happy to see that it withstood the year. And stood its ground because this was their best song of 2020. No doubt. And I, I'm i just glad to see it actually made number three because I was a little worried. No, I actually think I Love is their best song. I, I mean, it's hard to tell with official Hige Dondism, but I, I personally, I, I like I Love the most. I, th- I think it's probably their best song. Yep, yep. But yeah, it, it's nice to see them on here. And it, it's... Interesting that because you know I love I kind of forget that that came out in January because it it didn't do the same way that Pretender did where once it came out it was on every week for over a year like we did talk about it like the first two or three months but after April I don't think we ever talked about it again yeah and I think that's because Gorenge just came out of nowhere though mm-hmm. and yeah consistently so yeah yeah because. Because Garinge came out last year, I think like near the end of last year, but it was at the Kohaku, and the the Kohaku bump really, really took that song to the next level. And, and I mean, the thing just rode from there. The thing is also, I, what I think happened is because how Japan was getting locked down due to the ongoing crisis and stuff, Yaiba was available streaming. There was a lot of people, people that I know don't watch anime, was talking about Yaiba. And that tells you, well, obviously, if you're going to watch Yaiba, you're going to probably be liking Lisa's song for it as well. And that's kind of show dividends off here because the person that doesn't watch anime was talking to me about Lisa and Garenge and saying, oh, that's a really good song. And I was like, mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, with that, let's uh, let's go over to the album side, and not surprising here, because we we, we kind of briefly went over the numbers with this almost every week, and it was Stray Sheep by Kenshin Yonezu, took first in dominating fashion by selling, selling over 1.5 million physical copies throughout the year. It also took the top streaming album of the year as well by being downloaded close to 200,000 times. While the other two albums that we are mentioning did show up a lot, it didn't hold a candle to Stray Sheep. And that is probably one of the reasons why he took third overall. So, I'm not surprised Stray Sheep took the place it did. I mean... He just, I will say, Stray Sheep dominated. Kenshi dominated. I absolutely freaking love Kenshi. And seeing it 
seeing Stray Sheep on there week after week made me happy because he worked his butt off of this place and worked his butt off in his career in general. And I still think as a whole, Stray Sheep is a brilliant album and just taking album of the year really is I'm happy to see someone new up there and I wouldn't say new but seeing someone who you know Lemon I feel like really boosted that and then you also have Flamingo and you have Campanella I mean you have so many great tracks on this album and I know it's years in the making if you think about it and it was well worth the wait for this album because it just, I cannot say enough how much I am in love with it. And he was an artist that I honestly, when I first heard him, and it was Lemon where I first heard him, I didn't know what to think of him. And then as I got used to seeing him and listening to his music, I grew to love him, especially throwback to our episode right before Straight Sheep, you know, right when Straight Sheep released about Kenshi. I mean, I freaking fell in love with him and I immediately bought that album. It, I mean, it's brilliant. I cannot say enough how much he's actually changed my taste in music too. An artist that I would normally not listen to, I fell in love with. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised to see Kenji here. It was pretty much what I was expecting. I was hoping Arashi would have a surge around Christmas but that didn't happen and not yeah. not to take it not to take anything away from Kenshi or anything like that but th this you know this is Arashi being their what's probably going to be their last album for a while i was really hoping like they it would be nice for them to kind of go i mean they went out on top as far as like artist of the year but it would have been nice if this is Arashi also was like the number one album for the year and yeah you know you know it, it's just didn't happen. Just wasn't in the cards for whatever reason. And I think that that's my biggest takeaway. Is I, I was yeah. really hoping like they would be be able to, to nudge it out. But also, but, this is another thing too. They, Japanese people and society and culture celebrate Christmas much differently than w how we do as well. That that's true too. So it's that's not like too. I'm gonna buy a CD for a gift. It's more so I'm if I already don't have the CD, it it's gonna be like the Nami Amaro situation of where, you know, CDs were just coming out the frickin' woo-wah of like, oh, you have a CD? Well, use this CD as a coaster kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, but going back to Kenshi just real quick, uh, I do think, you know, Stray Sheep, like, I, w I was hit and miss on that album a little bit more, but, you know, he he's worked his butt off and he's really built his his brand, his name, and yeah. he, he does have his fans. And so to, for him to take it, I'm glad to see him up there. I think, you know, he's he's worked hard for it. He's definitely earned it. I don't think you, anyone could say that he hasn't. Like, he's definitely worked hard to get where he is. And that that's something that's worth celebrating. So I'm, I'm glad to see him up here and, you know, looking forward to his next release and seeing how that one fares. I'm hoping it does better. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that, this, me. this is also very interesting so all three artists for the top sales for japan had some way shape or form effect affected the singles and the albums because number two was this is Odyssey, and then bts map of the soul seven the journey took third in the japanese domestic market 
So obviously Kenji's single did not appear in the physical side for the single releases, but he was the composer for Kaito. So it's very interesting to think that all three three top selling artists appeared in some way, shape or form in the the physical sales for the these past this past year. So it's very, very astonished. And I wonder if Kenji did like the total amount for Kaito went with Kenji as well because he is the composer or if that was included. And that that'd be very nitpicky to see if the sales was included for that or not. I'm actually curious about that as well. What you said about the Kenshi and Arashi with Kaito with, you know, Kenshi helping out with that track. So, but I, I just wanted to chime in and like the Arashi one too is I, I wasn't expecting them to actually rise from the deep on that, especially with their album dropping in November. I had a feeling sales would be maybe steady, but I, at the, the, when they came out and when it first dropped and you saw their sales, I just did not see it in any way taking over Kenshi. Looking well, at how the, many sold for Kenshi the, already. The thing is with that, the only gripe that I had, if Odyssey was going to make number one, they would have to pull off the same amount of sales that they did for the second week. And obviously they didn't. They dropped down to like the 20s or 30s, if that. Yeah. And, and their second week exactly and that was the only way you know i think we discussed we discussed this before and that was the only way they would have been able to pull off that but watching how their sales were each week you know we could tell that i i just had a feeling they weren't going to pull it off by the second and third weeks of surpassing kenshi and for bts i'm not surprised seeing them on there being number three in japan sales specifying because they had a big year in Japan in general, in Korea and the U.S. with everything they've released. And in general, 2020 was a huge year for them. So I'm not surprised seeing them up there. I'm glad to see Adashi as number two still. You know, even though it would have been nice to see him as number one being their last year for you know probably one of their last albums possibly. However, I still think it was well-deserved on Kenshi's part because he really did an outstanding job. And I'm at least glad to see Arashi as number two in trailing right behind Kenshi. So I think all three were well-deserved and all three artists as a whole worked very, very hard in 2020 releasing what they did and making the year the best they could. Yeah, and you know, twenty twenty has been a tough year for everybody, and I don't, I don't think, you know, anybody that we talk about today would be an exception to that. Uh, even though they did exceptionally well in hard times, so, and you know, BTS, you know, they have their established fan base, and I think they're, you know, for a while. They're always going to be around the top and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll talk about them every year. And, you know, they've earned their spot here just as much as, you know, Kenshi has and Arashi has. So, it, it you know, that, that's something that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about regularly. So, it, it's, you know, it's nice to see them up here. I, I keep forgetting they had a album come out. I don't know why, because we did talk about it a lot. But... Uh, you know, BTS did have a good year overall, so, you know, it'll, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they fare in 2021. So with that, let's continue on to our songs and artists of the year. And then to specify pretty much here, it is the songs that were released that are included on our list had to be released in 2020. There can't be any music video that didn't have a physical or digital release or not out yet or things like that or things like or like an actual demo. It need to had to been released released to be on in 2020 to be on our list. That was the only caveat. And we can't have double songs from double artists. Otherwise, it would only be two artists for you, right? Right, Green? <laughs> no, it would just be one. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, you're right. It would be two because number one would not change. But yeah, so no. Yeah, the the, the other ones would be your number two artists. <laughs> Precisely. But, yeah. So with that, let's kind of go with our honorable mentions. So Luna, why don't you tell us your honorable mentions real fast? And if there's any pinpoint track that you kind of want to bring up. So I had somewhat of a hefty list of honorable mentions i felt like 2020 was despite everything that happened was a good year for music there were some great releases so i'll start with whenever you call by arashi campanella by yonezu kenshi hadaka no kokoro aimyon peki by chanmina tell me tell me Emflow loves edu and sikke and mukai daichi I love a fish by official Higedandism, Half Moon by Fakey, Paralyzed by Michi and Kat McDowell, and Try, acoustic version by Miu. And I put the acoustic version of Try because that was released this year on her, I guess you could say, debut, major debut album, Blue S. Lowly. So that's why, because there is an original version of that as well. But those were my honorable mentions, and it was a tough call because they were just many, many great releases this year, and all these artists I just adore. Yeah, so for me, my honorable mentions, I only had a handful, to be honest. I mean, there were probably a lot more songs that I'm not adding on this, but for songs that really stood out to me this past year, I mean, we got Cham Jam with Clever Wish. I mean, that was from the anime when we were doing the anime episode way back in the beginning of the year. And I've really loved this song, and it really turned me around. I really can't wait for a a second season for Moshi Budokan, Moshi Oshimen no Budokan ni Itarashinderu. If whenever that second season does come out, I I can't wait for that. I also have Homura by Lisa. That's it was a given there with how Lisa was doing. I also have. One of our Music Corner Hakobi's song 22. I actually really, really like that song. It was one of my favorites and the song that pointed out why I really liked Hakobi. I mean, lastly, honestly, this could have been number five, but it my number five did edge it out just by a bit. And it's Stand By Me, Stand By You by Hiradai. And for the longest time, it was my number five, but it was everything that Hiradai did this past year with his digital releases, even the stupid Starbucks song that released a couple of weeks back. It was really, really good. And I've really appreciated He Die Die more than what his usual stick was, which is the man with the ukulele, Japanese man with ukulele. And he really stepped out of his comfort zone and really kind of changed my image about him to the point that I can't wait to see what he has next in store for 2021. 
yeah, so uh, for my honorable mentions, uh, I, I just only have a couple here because there were a lot of songs that I wound up really, really enjoying for 2020, but there's only like a couple I really just wanted to touch on real quick. One of them being Tokyo Skip by Kodai Yoshida. I think that was like the song that really turned me on the helm that I really, really liked. And so I thought like that was a pretty standout song. I've been hit and miss with The Rampage, but they've had a couple of really good releases as of late. And my prayer really came close to being in my top five. It's it's just such a good song. It's not a song that I really expected from that group. A vocal heavy performance that just really moves you. And it's just something that is... I didn't know that 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 they had that kind of song in them, and I'm not gonna hold my breath that they're gonna do another song like that. So that makes it pretty special. I mean, they might, but they are a dance unit. They are pop and lock. But at the end of the day, so you you know you're gonna get you know more of that style. So my prayer was a lovely gift, and you know hopefully we'll see more like that in the future. But you know, it's a, it was a standout song. Uh, another song that I've added to my exercise playlist. I really, really love this song. It's got a, a great 80s flair to it. And that's High Fever by the Fantastics from Exile Drive. I mean, this, this song is really, really good. And I like the other song that they had, this Winding Road. Like, that was a really good song too. But High Fever just really just has like this wonderful 80s flair to it it's just fun to listen to really picks up your day and eyelashy had three in, in my opinion three I, I i think the others would just say two but they had three really really good singles come out this year that blew my mind and it, it was really hard to pick one over the other but at the end of the day well, whenever you call, just really left an, an emotional impact on me. And it was really another song that was really, really close to making it my top five. I just love this song. I love to sing along to it. I think it's just a lot of blast. And the guys just really killed it. So it's definitely like one of the highlights of my year was whenever you call. Yeah, I mean, with that, let's continue on to your number five, Luna. All right, so my number five is... Loving You by Kira, and everyone who listens to this should know by now, Kira is an artist I gravitate towards, and she's released a good amount of singles this year, all digital, and has pleasantly surprised me as usual, but my favorite was Loving You, and this one stood out the most as it it was pretty much from the first moment I heard it, it captivated me. It was the beat of it. And Kira shows off her vocal skills very, very well. And a lot of her songs, you can hear it. But this one specifically, you can hear her range come into play. And the chorus is super catchy. It always makes me sing it. Is I just get it stuck in my head. Not to mention just the chorus, but the whole song itself is so well put together and it just has the perfect composition. It matches her lyrics and vocals perfectly. And I also love the lyrics in the song as they're very meaningful and cute. And that's one of the other things that reson resonated with me. 
So this is one that when it did come out, which was around May, June, and it stuck with me through that. And I have been listening to it since it came out. And it's been on my regularly rotating playlist. And for all of her songs, this has actually made it in my top five that she's released thus far. And I cannot wait to hear more songs by her like this because I like it when she shows off her vocal range. And not to mention, I'm a big fan of the person who did produce this because he produced Bye Bye Boy. And it is um, Ruske Dr. Sakai. So he's done a lot of her other tracks. And when he and her, when they work together, it just is something amazing. So the, this had to make it into my top five is it's been a repeat song throughout the year. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think of this because I, I know it's I always talk about Kira, but this is one that, you know, releasing this year. I don't think we went over. This was after we actually did a music corner on her. Yeah, so I knew for a fact somehow, some way, Kira was going to be on your list. I just did not know where and what track she was. You were going to choose. So I knew that all all well. So while loving you, it is very interesting. Me personally, I I didn't really jive with the composition all too much, but her vocal range and what and I've I've talked about this when we did her music order originally. Her vocal range is absolutely amazing and it really shows how well she can handle any type of composition even if it in my opinion it doesn't really match. It she takes it and she makes it work and I really appre- I really appreciated that. So it was really interesting to listening to Loving You. Yeah, overall, I wound up really, really enjoying Loving You. I, I think it's a fun, catchy song, and you know, you really do get to hear her vocal performance in this, and it, it's a lovely job. But it's, for me, like it's the catchiness of the song that I was what I mostly took away from. It's just a a fun little number that's uh, really fun to listen to. I'm glad to hear that you both enjoyed it and got to listen to a little something new by her. No, yeah, yeah. I'm very, very appreciative for that reintroduction, so to speak. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to my number five, and that is Blueberry by Daichi Yamamoto. Now, this was a very difficult situation for me because I was either going to put this or Stand By Me, Stand By You as my number five. Originally, I did, but I had to really think about the songs that really changed the year for me. And Blueberry scratched that itch that I needed for a Western-style track. It's what Yamamoto does with his beautiful yet haunting composition is something to be heard. And his rap skills, there's nothing to sneeze at. And and in my personal opinion, it goes above Sodane's skill. And I put him a very high regard in the music industry, in my personal opinion, for rap. And... He left such a very good first impression on me, on his style, and his cadence from this track. And I really can't wait to dive into the rest of his discography, which I have done since then. Yeah, no, Blueberry is a very interesting song. And I wound up really, really liking it and enjoying it. I I don't know if I'd go back and listen to 
more of his discography and I for, when we were talking off air I couldn't figure out why and then you mentioned it is leaning western I think that's maybe one of the reasons why I was like yeah he is leaning a little western for my taste and that's probably why I may I would be hesitant to go check out his discography but uh Daichi Yamamoto's rapping is really freaking good I mean the guy is phenomenal and I I think like this song really just hits it out of the park it's a it's a really good he's he's got really good rhythm you know he has that good cadence or you know you just hits the notes right and I really really like his style of rap so for me I wound up really enjoying this overall I I like I might go back and listen to more of his music I'm still trying to figure that out if I want to do that but Blueberry is a fantastic song either way, and uh, it was a lot of fun to listen to. So, I love Blueberry. I think Daichi Yamamoto is a fantastic rapper with his cadence, and not to mention he's a good vocalist, too. So, Blueberry got me to check out his Elephant in My Rimmy P, and I will say that did not disappoint. Blueberry still is my favorite track by him thus far. However, in general, I mean, he is extremely talented and I'm looking forward to listening to more tracks by him. I can easily see why Blueberry changed, you know, music for you in 2020. As it also made an impact on me as well as it got me to branch out into more male rappers and vocalists. It's not usually my thing, but his cadence and vocals are just so smooth. The composition and his music... Just how he he transitions everything is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to checking out more that he does and more that he will do in the future. Yeah, no, I, I understand from your point, Gray, you might be a little hesitant because he does lean towards that Western style. I, w- I would kind of want to see how you feel about about one specific thing. So he does, during during the time of the lockdown, Japan was doing this thing called the Tokyo Drift freestyle so basically you took the the instrumentals from tokyo drift the song and you implement your own lyrics and you try to match that particular composition and you make a song off of that his version of the freestyle is absolutely fantastic and show just how well he is a rapper and i i would love to hear what you think about it it might be a little bit much because he's going really, really fast to match that that composition. But I would love to hear how you think about that song. Yeah, look up the Tokyo Drift song because it's originally done by Teriyaki Boys. And if you're familiar with Mflow, Verbal is a part of Teriyaki Boys. So I, I, I actually heard Daichi's version of it and it is lit. It's amazing. And I've watched a lot of versions of that Tokyo Drift song. Believe me, I watched A Witch and I watched my friend do it. And Daichi has, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'd be I'd be interested in checking it out, but I wouldn't know the bass to compare it to. So yeah, like, yeah, no worries, no worries. Like, what was your number five song? Okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, so moving on to my number five, and I went with a group that has made my top five list for the past three years in a row. And it is one of my absolute favorite groups. I, I just, I love these guys to death and 2020 has been um, an interesting year for them. They, uh, so the group in question is LOL and the song is work it out. 
And, you know, this was one of the songs that they released back in uh, end of June. I listened to it early July and I just wound up falling absolutely in love with the song. It's way different than their normal stuff. It's a little bit more laid back and it's a little bit more uplifting uh, because the, the whole point of it was to be an uplifting message for the country while they were going through the crisis. And, the, you know, they're still in the middle of it, but, you, you know, they wanted to go ahead and do like some positivity. And so they put out this song and it's just done so well. I love everything about it. Honika's rap solo still just blows my mind because she can she can fit any song they throw at her. And I, th I think this song kind of really proved that. Like, any song that that they do, she can rap for it, no matter what. And so, I loved Work It Out. I They had some other songs that I genuinely really, really liked through, throughout the year. But Work It Out, for me, was just... It's so different that when you sit down and you listen to it, you, you're not quite expecting it. And it even that kind of really just gets you kind of wrapped up in it. And I, I've listened to this song, I can't tell you how many times on repeat. I just love it to death. And it, it just wound up being one of my absolute favorite songs of the years of, of the year. But I'm very eager to hear what you guys thought of it. So Work It Out surprised me. I was expecting a very kind of happy-go-lucky, upbeat, poppy song. You know, like something you dance to or work it out to, judging by the title. And the track surprised me. It was a very mellow, more slower type song. And I thought all the vocals were done well. And I agree, the rap was amazing. And they showed off that they can do a laid-back feel perfectly and not to mention Honoka's rap was amazing in it. Like her solo was great. I was I was blown away because I do enjoy LOL and I, I love their LML album. And I haven't listened to Lightning so or much of their newer stuff. So this is one of the newer ones I've listened to. And I felt like they went a little bit out of their comfort zone than they usually do. And they did a very good job with it. And I'd like to hear more tracks like Work It Out by them because this is done very well. I greatly enjoyed it. Now, honestly, the guitar brings the song together for me. And this was one of the tracks that really turned my opinion about them. And I'm very happy that you were able to introduce this song because otherwise I probably wouldn't have took another listen to it. And it was... It was listening to Work It Out and their their subsequent release, Run and Go, really just changed how I thought about them. And you're right, Gray and Luna. Honokara's rap is absolutely amazing. And I, I look forward to any time she is one of the more focal points of the song. And I'm looking forward to any upcoming release of 2021 by them now. Good. I, I'm glad to hear it because, yeah, like I said, this song really, like, because, like, like you guys said, like, when I first listened to it, I wasn't expecting it, but it really just, 
it really shows like how dynamic they can be and you know they they are a dance unit at the end of the day they do a lot of pop and lock stuff but they they have a wide range of songs they can tackle and i i love that they're not just like a one trick pony that can only do one thing i do think that honika is more the backbone of the group and and she does she winds up being the star a lot of the time even though the guys can rap too both of them are very excellent rappers but usually it's just honika that's the rapper and she is the most experienced rapper there and like i said they, they could throw anything at her and she just nails it every time so uh, i'm glad you two wound up really liking it because this this was one of my absolute favorite songs of the year with that let's continue on to our number fours here let's start with you Lena. all right so mine was Nebu- uh, nebuta by ewitch featuring kzm and those of you know from my ongaku goes ewitch has been a huge listen on my list this year in general and i think she's had an amazing year and nebuta was featured on kujaku which dropped in january and kujaku is an album that i immediately bought pretty much after all the music videos started releasing for this i became obsessed with a witch and just her cadence, her rap style, it's very Western. So Nebuto was a specific one that grabbed me as the lyrics are extremely catchy. Most of them are actually in English, so you can sing along with it easily. And not to mention, with this track is it gives you a glimpse of what a witch experienced in the past. And I know you see that in a lot of artists, how ever a witch resided in the united states for a while and you can hear the hard life she went through in her lyrics and nebuta is an example of that and for me i grew up in a city area not not like what she grew up in however that was one of the reasons this track kind of gravitated toward me it's very very western she does bring an eastern flavor with it with her use of japanese and the flutes in it. However, it I love it because of the Western influence. And you don't see someone who brings in Western lyrics like she does. Along with the Western beat. I mean, you hear it as an influence. But I mean, which almost pretty much fully brings it over. And for me, that's one of the reasons I love it. It's one I can just jam out to and rap to. And this is where my Western rap comes out. I like the style. And I know it's not for everyone because there's a lot of profanity in it. Some of it probably doesn't need to be used. But for me, I'm like, whatever. I throw profanity around like no tomorrow. So, but I I think this Nebuta is a great show of her rap skills. And just in general, she brings something new that we don't see to the industry often with this song. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, Luna. When I first listened to this song, I, <laughs> I laughed. I laughed pretty hard just because of a how Western style it is. And you say, because it's all in English, that you can you could say it. I wouldn't recommend that all too often because of just how much profanity is in this song. And that was a huge huge turnoff for me for this 
for this track. And I mean, I understand why she chose the the words that she did chose in the tracks, in the track. But I'm not for for me. It's just a little too hard, and I don't agree with the lyric choices in Nebuta. And I understand that she wants to portray a specific story in this song, and I I get that. But you can kind of just change a couple words around to make it a little less hard. But that's just me. And I I completely understand. I know with with this song, it's it's very it's going to be hit or miss with a lot of people because of the the content in it, and it also doesn't fit how the Japanese music industry usually has music. It's not something we see in Japan and even in the U.S. I mean, you do hear this, but I I feel like a lot of it is probably edited for radio air as well. Yeah, like for example, I'm not gonna see hear this song in. In on the radio, <laughs> nope, not even well, here. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't hear it. Absolutely here, but I don't even think you would even play it in Japan, just because of not so much the lyric choice. Because I'm pretty sure the Japanese people are—they're not going to understand it all too much, it, to end all be all. But the fact that it's a little too hard, I think it's a just just for my taste. And just for normal average consumer taste, it might be a little, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah, no, I've listened to Nebuta a couple of times now. And yeah, uh, the the best thing I could say about the song is at the end of the day, it, it's just not for me. I'm not the audience that the song was written for. And, and I understand that when I listen to it. But it's, it's interesting. Uh, it was interesting to listen to i really liked kzm's part in the song that that to me was like my biggest takeaway from it i, I felt like he just did a fantastic job and yeah. which is a really good rapper i'm not gonna say that you know she's she's not uh she does rap in a western style which is not a style of rap i i particularly care for but she is very talented in 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 the western style and she's very capable of of rapping and she shows it off well, but at the end of the day, like th this song isn't for me. It, yeah. There's, there's a ton of profanity in it and you know, like, I, I don't mind profanity in music, but there, there's a limit to it. And, and once you're over that bar, it's just like, well, you know, I, I get the point that you're trying to make and, and you know, there's also that, you know, music as art sort of, sort of line. And I, I've never been an artistic person. I, I always like music as entertainment so, you know, I understand, you know, you know, sometimes like, you know, if like an artist will go for like artistic reasons, they're going to do it this way and that's fine, but th that's just not what I'm looking for in music. So, you know, it, it was interesting to listen to, like I said, I listened to it a few times and it's, it's just not for me at the end of the day, but I appreciate the opportunity to listen to it and definitely here's something that you, I normally wouldn't listen to. So I, I did enjoy my time with it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not a song for everybody. It's really, it, it is very more hardcore on the hardcore side, especially for rap. And even for the U.S., it's it's on that more hardcore side. So I wasn't expecting too much out of this. It was just one that I gravitated toward this year. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see A-Witch making a big impression on the industry and doing very well for herself. And I feel like... Kujaku really started all as an album and 
I mean, there are a lot of good standout songs in this, but this one for me, like, really hit the bar. But yeah, with my number four, it is going to be Kalindula by Rondo. So if you guys don't know, Rondo is part of the D4DJ franchise, which is one of the newer franchises that Bushiroad, my lord and savior at this point, has been facilitating. And Kalindula... It's a favorite of mine since earlier in the year when they released their their mix, remix EPs. However, it wasn't until the music video that the track actually really won me over. And Kato Riho, who is the lead singer for this track, really won me over. Her, her vocals just actually pierced a lot of what I thought originally was just an okay track to begin with. And the lyrics when you kind of translate if you watch the music video it has a translation into english it really spoke to me which is a really bad thing <laughs> to be to be honest there but it it really kind of spoke to me and i was really appreciating the song a hell of a lot more than the first time around when i was just listening to it on the eps yeah no i've listened to the songs about three or four times now. And I, I will say the lead vocalist of this track does an, a killer job. I mean, she just knocks it out of the park and her performance is just something to behold. And I, I really, really enjoyed her performance in this. I really, really like the song. Now, to be fair, it's a little bit on like the heavy metal side for my taste. So I, I don't... I, think I would run out and buy this or download it or anything like that but it's a really really good song and you, you know I haven't checked out D4DJ but I've heard a couple of tracks by them I, I they also did a cover of uh, Journey Through the Decade which I I love that song and I really want to go check out more of their work because I, I think they did a excellent job on that cover but uh calendula is a really really good song i i really enjoyed my time like i said it's a little on the heavy side for me because i mean they go pretty hard in it but i mean the vocalist just absolutely sells the song in every way i also love actually i'll say i love calendula but i know it i know it is for the d for dj thing and I've been a huge Love Live kick, so I'm sure that is one of the reasons is I've been really into the more, the style lately. And I I think part for me was with Rondo's Calendula was the rock aspect of it really pushed it for me. And I think Bushy Road has been doing a very, very good job lately with a lot of their releases in general. I mean, yeah, they're hit or miss sometimes, but I thought Calendula was great, and I hit the plus sign on plus sign on it on Apple Music, and have been listening to it pretty much for the whole week, and I I absolutely love it. And even though the lyrics are very dark, it still is something that really does stick with you. And I think the vocals is the big part of it for me as Riho's vocals like Ken said or they really do stand out and that was the other part of it for me was made me resonate with it is when I like someone's vocals that track will more than likely stick with me 
And that's what happened with Calendula. No, yeah, no, I'm very happy and that you guys at least somewhat liked Calendula. And yeah, no, D4DJ is very interesting. I can't wait to the US or the international release for the the app comes out because then I'll be able to play Journey Through the Decade on probably it's it's very interesting that game is because they have a they have a thing where you do three songs and it's like you're mixing the songs so you transitions from one song to the other. So it's very, very interesting how they, they implement mixing, quote unquote, to the to the game. So that's very interesting, but yeah, I like I can't wait. I can't wait to like I'll probably download the game just so I can get journey through the decade. Yeah, because each song yeah. is each cover or song is like a minute long, so that can reach that mixing feel, so that you're transitioning. So yep. But what was your number four? I we we were talking about how much we loved the lead singer's last vocals. Uh, I my, not my number four group. Uh, I did uh, Nande Nande acapella by color creation and you know one of one of like the biggest disappointments of 2020 for me was the the announcement that color creation would be going on hiatus and you know doing solo work and you know it's not an official breakup but it's pretty freaking close and we don't know if they'll ever come back so this might be the last hurrah by them and on their second album uh second palette they did an acapella version of their song nande nande and they've done two acapella versions of their songs and i do kind of like hello goodbye a little bit more but that's a youtube only song and so um for the show we i stuck to nande nande which is still equally amazing in a lot of ways but you know these guys their, their vocals are amazing it's fantastic and during the pandemic, you know, they, they were online and they were doing acapella covers of different songs uh, from different genres and, you know, just really putting their pipes on display. But, you know, Nande Nande, it, it's a wonderful song. It's got a really good emotional through line through it. It's a wonderful ballad. And then you hear the acapella version of it and it just cranks it up to 11 as these boys just make absolute music with each one of their voices and the it just comes together in this amazing track that really just leaves the listener in awe and wonder i genuinely just love i would have loved to them do just a complete acapella album like that that would be my dream but obviously we're not going to get that but still this was an absolutely amazing song and Definitely something that I I just if you check out Second Palette, check this song out. It's really really good, and these guys' vocals will just leave you breathless. But what did you guys think about it? So I enjoyed Nande Nande. However, I like the original version a little bit more. I. I think it was because I, I enjoyed the composition and how the guy's voice matched with it very well. But I think the acapella version was fantastic and Color Creation has amazing vocals and they showed off their, their abilities in the acapella version of Nande Nande. I, for me, it's a little bit too slow for me to listen to it all the time. However, I think it's a fantastic track and... 
they just show how good of performers they are. Yeah, well, I'm hella sad that, you know, out of tw- the, that Color Creation will be on the out with 2020, I'm extremely happy for this pick as their op- acapella tracks are absolutely amazing. And it is a great end for these amazing vocalists. And while I'm personally sad that whatever happened happened and the group had to break up because of this i'm happy that they ended fairly well on a on a strong point with a lot of their last couple releases with second palette and then i believe it was friends was it the last song yeah friends is their last song and that's a digital release only so if, uh you can get it on apple music and stuff but yes i'm happy and if like they if i remember correctly they did say that some of the members might break up into smaller groups and do stuff together but if not they they want to try do solo career stuff so it'll be very interesting out of that yeah and uh, just just to acknowledge something luna said uh the original composition of nande nande is is fantastic and the guy's voices uh are amazing in that too but it, for me i like i really really like acapella music the the majesty of like five guys coming together, four or five guys coming together and harmonizing and creating music with just nothing but their voice to me is just always something that astounds and amazes me. And so I, I, I do kind of gravitate more toward this one, but I do see your point of view, Luna. And I, I do agree. The original version of Nande Nande is also fantastic because that composition is really, really beautiful. And with that, let's move on to our number three tracks. Let's start with you, Luna. All right. So my number three, big surprise here, right, is Millet's Tell Me. So those of you know, Millet released her debut album this year, Eyes. And this isn't actually the reason this was on here. It was because she released Tell Me in February. And this song, when I first heard it, I fell in love with it. It is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Millet hits every point that I needed on this track vocals and lyric wise and I just could not get enough of it and not to mention is it is part of the Fate Stay Night franchise Fate Grand Order Demonic Babylonia Front if I'm correct and it fits perfectly with that theme and that's one of the other things for it like not I mean I'm not saying you know it has to match the anime but Millet always does this good job with her ballads and they usually match what she's doing it for but I actually heard it and I have not seen the show but it gives you that feel when you listen to it is it is just a gorgeous ballad and just her vocals and lyrics resonated to the point with me because it was February was a very rough year or rough month And the time this came out, I had to fly to visit a relative who was dying. And so this hit with me on an emotional point. And I think that is what did it for me. As as I listened to this track throughout the couple months of my family member being ill, it really got to me. And... I just still sing along with the song and it does hit with me in that that level and just her deep voice matches perfectly with the composition 
you know, I just lose myself in this song. My only gripe with this is it is typical Millet. It is the typical song you'll hear by her. I mean, it it's what she does and she does it best at. And I would love her to change it up, but I still love Tell Me for what it is. It is just such a powerful ballad. I love her vocals in it because they're so deep and she just has this unique voice that does stand out. And I just, this was my favorite song of the year by her. And she's released some great tracks on Eyes and her newest single, Who I Am. But this is the one that stuck with me the most. Yeah, with Millet, while she is an artist that we all don't necessarily like or dislike here, you know, Tell Me was a great reintroduction to her and her style. And while not one of my favorite songs done by her, I can understand why it was popular and why you chose it, Luna. I like, like, and we have that same agreement there. I just wish that she mixed it up. And that's probably my only thing that I wish that she changed it up because her vocal style and strengths need to match another style. I think it's the same thing that she's doing isn't, Let's just say this much. Getting beat over the head with it is still bludgeoning my ears, so to speak. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know. Like, Millet's been hit and miss with me in the past, and I, I listened to this song. I was really hoping I'd like it, but I, I don't know. Just something about it doesn't. It's not working for me. I, I think it's really her vocal style in this particular track. It, I know she's not mixed it up any. But just the way like it kind of works with the composition, it just I don't know that it doesn't mesh well for me, and and I just I just to me it just doesn't work. So I can see the appeal, and I think the the composition's really good, and the melody of the song's really good. But for me, I, I just I wasn't really digging her vocal styles here, and so I I, I to me this was okay at the end of the day. But yeah, M- Millet's always been hit and miss with me, so I, I'm not entirely surprised but and I'm not surprised as well just because I know she's an artist that we were really hoping would progress and go out of her comfort zone so I knew she'd be hit or miss in general for that aspect but I'm still glad you guys enjoyed some of your time with her as well and reintroducing yourself yeah so for my number three it is going to be life by Tendre now he is an artist that I put on very high regard since kind of finding him two years two years ago and while life and again well not flashy as some of the other tracks in his catalog it does a very good job of enticing its listeners and one of the absolute things that i really did like about life is that i really like the fact that he performed every single instrument in the song from the sax to the guitar bass and synth say what you will about an artist but for me, life was always going to be a high pick for me from Tendre. And besides the other two, this was always going to be on my list. Yeah, Tendre's been an artist that I've had difficulties enjoying in the past. But I've got to say, life is a wonderful song. I really like almost everything about it. The sax is my favorite part easily, but I played saxophone in band. I will always have a soft spot for a saxophone. But life is just a bundle of joy to listen to. And the fact that Tendre did all of the instruments himself just shows his talent and his ability to compose and bring together a song. 
and I thoroughly wound up liking life. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did coming out of it. So I'm glad you put this on your list, Ken, because this one wound up being a highlight for me. I really wound, wound up enjoying my time with it. So what Tendry I'm in the same boat as Gray is it's hit or miss for me. And it's, I love his compositions. Tendry has some of the best compositions in general and that is the one thing he does perfectly and I love him for and that's the one thing I loved about life was the composition is freaking phenomenal and I think my gripe is his vocals are very it's very laid back and I love you despite me loving the composition I for me sometimes they all flow some of the songs flow together too much and it's not the composition that flows it's how his vocals sound in each one but I did enjoy life because I think his vocals and the composition meshed very, very well, especially with the sax and the guitar. That is what got me in this track. I will say his whole album in general was very, very well done. And I don't know if I'd hit the plus sign on life because it's not a track I could listen to every day. But it's one of those when I'm in that really chill mood, I will go back and listen to because it is phenomenal for that reason. And it just, it's really that composition and just how he composed everything. He did everything that makes it. And I just love that fact about him is he is just so good at what he does. No, like going on his vocal style, no, I, I completely understand because that was the one thing that really killed me when I was when I first did Indie Corner with him and transitioning over to, like, I was like, I don't understand. I mean, this guy is not much older than we are, and he's doing fairly old-style music, and it's not meshing, but I think it was, I think it was Variety? No, it was one of the other songs that he did, that it just clicked, and his vocal style doesn't really change. I, I completely understand that. I, I know that is a very big gripe of him. So... I mean, I totally understand, but I'm very happy that you guys really did enjoy your time. I'm really happy that you really liked him, Gray, because you were one of his more harsher critics. Because every single time that we mentioned him, even back then when I was doing my other ones, you weren't really a huge fan of him, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was really surprised by how much I wound up enjoying life because, like, historically, like, I'm like, like, conceptually, I should like Tendre, but for whatever reason, like, it never came together for me. And I, I don't know why, but Life it, it is like it was, like, one of the few songs that he's done where I'm, like, I genuinely like almost everything there is about this song. I think it works. I, I like what he's doing here, and it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I really love the saxophone. Like, like it's... You have to work hard for me to not like a so song with a saxophone in it. It does happen. It does exist, but typically if it's got a sax in it like I, I i it's i'll like it more often than not so uh yeah i i guess i wound up really liking this i thought it was uh, i thought it was amazing yeah and i think like what really killed it is like just how he leads in from the chorus to the ending of the song just really does very well to how he handled that sax composition i ended up really liking that was another one thing that really stuck my eyes out for it so to speak yeah, it, it it's it's placed the its placement in the song is done really well. It's done very smoothly because uh, it it it, make, it doesn't sound like it's out of place or like it's like this is how it's you know this is it fits so smooth in that transition and it's just done really really well. 
but yeah, with that, what was your number three track of the year? Uh, yeah, so uh, my number three track of the year should should be familiar to longtime listeners of the podcast because I've talked about this track before, and that's Last Dance by Mamoru Miyano because this was my number one song that we did in our anime special, and I've not stopped loving the song since we did that special. I... I'm so thankful we did that special because I don't think I would have heard this song had we not done it. And it's just a, such a fun song. It, it is going to be in my wedding. So there is some emotional attachment to it. It's going to be the last dance of the night. But that aside, this song, it's just so catchy. It's so much fun. And, you know, I love swing. I really wish like there would be more swing bands. But I get like that's old. But Mamoru just really killed it with this song. I love his vocal stylings. I love the lyrics. This whole thing just comes together. And it's just such a blast to listen to. And I mean, this is just one of those songs where no matter what kind of day I'm having, I can put this on and in minutes I'm dancing, I'm up, I'm moving, I'm in a much better mood. This song just is absolutely wonderful and amazing, and I I have loved everything about it, and I, I just can't get enough of it. And his latest song, Into the Infinite, I think is what it's called, that song's really good too. And so I, I'm really eager to see what he does next. I've really become a Mamoru Miyano fan. I haven't gone back and listened to a lot of his older stuff, but I'm planning on it sometime soon because I wound up really, really digging the song. And I think the dude's just insanely talented. But what did you guys think of it? So I enjoyed it. I actually already love Mabaru Miyano. I've listened to a lot of his stuff over the years. I think Last Dance is very interesting. As like you said, it's a swing type of song. I absolutely love the saxophone in it. And that is really what makes it for me is like the composition of the saxophone. And I think Mamoru Miyano's voice fits very well with this track. It gives that nice, fun, jazzy vibe. And I also feel like it's different than a lot of his other songs. Because, I mean, his are, he does a good variety. And this one really sticks out from his others as the others feel too anime-ish. Well, this last dance doesn't really... It could go either way. It could be just a solid regular single song or it could work for an anime. So I liked that it offered a variation. And it also shows off that he has great vocal skills and he's not just a voice actress. He's also a vocalist and he proves that too. So so I wasn't too surprised that Last Dance was going to be in your list, Gray. It's it's always good that to see it on your list though as, you know... Miano, he is a wonderful voice actor, and his vocal chops really are put into the forefront with this, and just the amazing jazz style for this track just really grapples, grips me all so much, and I've I've enjoyed my time revisiting this track because the last time I've heard it was back in March. So I'm very thankful that this was going to be on your list and that you did put it on. Oh yeah, there there was no way I could do a top you know top songs of 2020 and not have this song near the top, and it, it just it, it's been one of the songs that's really defined my year in a lot of ways, and I just I I just I've fallen in love with this song, and 
I like like I said, like you know, I listen to it all the time. I've got a, an exercise playlist of stuff to listen to while I exercise. That song is on it, and it is is one of my go to songs for exercising because it just it just it gets you up and moving and dancing. And um, for anyone that is wondering, I did wind up watching Inspector. I didn't watch the whole series; I only watched like six episodes. But I did watch it. I did check out the anime. It was very interesting. I mean, I've been meaning to get back to it because interesting premise but uh yeah it was the ending thing for inspector so if if you're interested in the anime that this was attached to definitely check that out too but last dance it it stands on its own it doesn't need the anime that's attached to for it to be amazing so it's just a amazing song and i'm glad both of you guys really liked it well with that let's go on to our number two songs of the year and start with you luna I'm so excited for this one. So my number two, I had a hard choice between choosing this or my number one because I freaking love this song. This has been the highlight of my year since it released. And it is Edu's Night D. And I cannot get enough of Edu. And those of you know, she has been on my list all year for favorite songs. I mean, literally, she has knocked it out of the park with everything she's done between Fake Love and her debut album last year with Spotlight on it. Amazing. So, Night D is an 80s paradise. That's how I'll start off because that 80s synth in it, it is a fun 80s dance song and I'm a huge horror movie fan so I could see this easily being used in an 80s horror movie or an 80s movie in general because of the opening and not only that like Edu's vocals are fantastic the English Japanese switchover is great I absolutely love this and this was also a part of her second mini album that came out in November which I also bought and I was, I have been addicted to this since it came out in August and I already knew it'd be in my top five because this has been on repeat, literally. It is one of my favorite fun songs of the year. If I'm feeling down, I turn on Night D because I just want to get up and start dancing. And it could also be used as an 80s workout video, which is why it also makes my exercise playlist because if I need to exercise and get energetic, Night D is perfect for that too. It is currently being used for a drama. However, I have not watched that drama, so I can't judge and if it fits with it. But I cannot say enough about how amazing this track is. And it, everything about it is perfect. So I'm curious to hear what you two think of it. Because we're familiar with Edu. We've covered her on, uh, on our Indie Corner. And she's come a long way. And you all know I've been super hot on her for this last year. So yeah, I mean, for me, I'm actually really excited. Because Edu has really progressed herself very much forward in the last year. And with Night D, I really did like the 80 style composition. And some... <laughs> For me, though, sometimes I didn't know if it was going to match the her vocal style with the composition that she was given. But she does a very great job with it. And I'm very, very happy about this. And from here on, I can just see her career go up. And I can't wait to see what, what's in store for her in 2021. Oh, I, I absolutely fell in love with the song the first time I heard it. it, it I love the 80s. The 80s is my favorite decade of existence. And... For, you know, when I heard that 80s synth, I was like, oh, 
So I just immediately kind of fell in love with the song. I think it's absolutely amazing. I think Edu does a great job just kind of knocking this thing out of the park. And I just really had a lot of fun listening to it. This was my absolute favorite song that on your list, Luna. I genuinely just love this song. And I didn't add it to my playlist. I'm probably going to go back and add it, though, because this this song is just really good. It's a lot of fun. And I like I said, that 80 synth, I'm a sucker for it. You can win me very easily with that. So I wound up really, really loving the song. I'm glad to hear both of you loved it and hoping to see more from Edu this year and seeing what she's going to do because this was just fire for me she just lit 2020 on fire and cheers to 2021 yeah that's for darn sure and with that let's go on to my number two here now this was very very difficult for me very very difficult honestly all three tracks of my top three could be mixed up in any other order and they could be my one two three or two three one or three one two or any sort of order because it was very difficult for me because all three artists for in my opinion had a wonderful 2020 but as of right now of how i stand number two it is your love by syrup now syrup is one of those artists that unfortunately had a semi-slow year this year but with the songs that he did come out with it just rocked me with my core your love had honestly hooked me on the first listen of his ep ciy back in earlier uh, back in april the larger in life experience that syrup does go through on this song just is unbelievable and has to be heard the backup band that that he has with the composition just ascends the song as a whole all so much and you guys gotta watch the music video the ending might be a little weird but the music video is absolutely amazing no, I, I like uh, Luna's number two is my favorite song. So is Syrup, uh, Your Love was my favorite song on Ken's list. I love this song and I've not been able to keep up with Syrup's work for 2020, which really breaks my heart because I really fell in love with him when we covered him for Music Corner and I, I kind of felt bad that I wasn't able to keep up with it. So I'm really, really glad that you were able to put this track on here and I was trying to listen to that whole EP earlier today, but my fiance was in the car. And so that wound up not being able to case, but your love is just such a great song. I really, really love it. And it is definitely just a great song by syrup. I love the composition and honestly, it's a little different than his usual stuff. It's a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more dancey. But, you know, it still feels like a syrup song at the end of it. And it definitely has his flair. And it just is a really wonderful song that he just puts together. And I just wound up loving the song. It is really, really good. I have already added it to my library. I'm going to listen to the song on repeat for a while. And I, I like syrup. I'm, I'm going to listen to the EP. And I am very looking forward to what he does next. So I also loved uh your love by syrup and i actually feel the same way graded as i regret not going back and listening to a lot of his stuff i still love pool that's still one of my favorite tracks by him but i think your love is fantastic and it made me realize i need to go back and listen to him because his vocals his composition everything with him meshes so well 
and fits so perfectly in how he does his music. And I'm grateful you put him on here because it gives me a reason to go back. I added your love into my list. And I'm looking forward to checking out a lot of the releases I missed since he was one of our MCs. And he is just such a fantastic vocalist. I feel like sometimes there's so much music on your plate you don't know what to go back to. But he's going to be one I need to get more male vocalists that I enjoy. And he's definitely one of them. Just everything he does. And your love is just phenomenal. I need to check out the music video because I'm actually really excited after you talking about it, Ken. About watching it now. So I'm glad you put this on your list. You have no idea how excited I am about this. But... Looking forward to see what else Syrup does in 2021, and I'm going to keep a greater eye on him for this, because I know he's going to do some amazing releases this year. Yeah, honestly, like, the band that he put for this song, particularly, is absolutely phenomenal. It's like a super band, because he has a lot of a lot of people in the industry that he knows, and we've got to know a lot of the people that are in this this group like the keyboardist that is in this this in this track is the keyboardist for Showmore, and then we have the trumpet player who is part of shinsuke and the peas which is one of the reasons why i started listening to them there is a, a sax player but his name is kent and he's part of soulflex soulflex is an absolutely amazing jazz band i think you would really really like them gray yeah, I've been meaning to check them out because uh, I know you recommended them last episode. So I, they're they're on my to do list. Let me put it that way. With that, let's continue on to your number two track of the year. Go right ahead, Gray. All right, so my number two track is I, I think everyone was expecting a dice song. They just probably didn't know which dice song it would be, and I've been trying to like cherry pick like all of my favorites and it kind of built up to uh, one of my absolute favorite songs off of face. And that was flight away. I, I just, I really, really like this song. I, I think it's a fun dance number. I have been caught in public dancing to this song and people asking me, you know, what, what am I listening to? Cause it's just, you know, this song really brings out a joy in me that, uh, I just really have fallen in love with. It's a wonderful dance tune. I have really fallen in love with Dice. And I think that this song is just, you know, if you're having in like a bad day or something like that, you can really just put this song on. And because the, the whole song is about running away and flying off and you know every time i listen to this song like i think of you know visiting my friend ken in hawaii and you know going to you know off with my fiance to do things and so you know this song just really makes me you know filled with joy and happiness and it it was released before the ongoing crisis happened this dropped i think in either january or february but it was on their face album which did come out in april but it is a lovely song i absolutely love it to death it is one of my favorite songs that they have done and i i just cannot stop listening to it it's also on my exercise playlist because it's just gets me up and moving and i just love the song to death but what are y'all's thoughts on this? 
so I guess I'll go. For, I guess, because I've never listened to Dice before this this track, they were extremely built up for me because that's all you listened to and talked about. No offense. You know, so I had, like, a lot of hype and momentum for them. And I did start with Flight Away on their newest album to check it out. And I will say Dice has fantastic vocals. I mean, they're... However, I will say Flight Away wasn't a song I gravitated towards off that album. I mean, I thought it was good, but it wasn't for me. I, like, out of all the ones I heard, I thought their actual ballads were super solid. I mean, oh, they were just fantastic. And I thought Flight Away was okay, but it was a little, I, don't, I wouldn't say too happy. I'm not sure maybe too happy too poppy i'm not exactly sure how to describe it but it wasn't one i went more towards i thought you or i still miss you were kind of more my tracks on there but i still think you know they showed off their vocal skills um it just wasn't a a track you know that that i would listen to out of the normal, but I'm really glad I finally got to listen to Dice. It kind of got me to jump in to see what all the hype was about. And they're great artists and and have some great set of skills. And I do look forward to some more of their future tracks. Just not quite my, my thing. No, for me. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, for, for me, Dice is in a group that I'm not all on so to speak and for the several releases that they did show up on the oricon for i was just like yeah i mean they're all right and i understand and i kind of understand what gracie's in this group their energizing vocals and choreography will brighten anyone's day just by one listen and you kind of need that for music on a whole, I mean, sometimes that's how people listen to music. You want that energetic style to just ooze out in, from your headphones or earphones or whatever into your soul. And they kind of do that on point. It isn't for me per se, but I understand. And I knew that the ice was going to be on your list one way or another. Yours was actually really easy to predict which one's going to be on your list. Yeah, I, I kind of favor myself... Well, I, I don't know if it should be a, a button of pride, but I, I kind of favor myself of being predictable and, and, you know, that sturdy rock, like, yeah, we know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I... This was, like, the one song on my list that I was like... I, I, I put it here for me because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is my top five songs, but I was like, I was like eh, I could see this song not being either one of your tastes and that that's fine I, and you know we all have different tastes and we all cater to different things but you know I, I like I said I I've fallen in love with dice I I'm they, their new album which drops in a couple of weeks I'm really hyped for and I I can't wait for that and uh flight away just like like I said like it was really hard to narrow it down because there's a several songs that could have been here it was almost it was really close to being damn it. And it was like really, really close because I love that song, but that wound up being last, last month's Ongaku Go. So I wanted to do flight away because that was a song I hadn't talked about yet, but damn, it's another like really good dance number that just really gets you up and moving. 
and really catchy. I didn't make this one mistake one time of listening to that before I went to church. And so I had the song Dan It stuck in my head while I was listening to the pastor. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, I'm still I'm glad you guys checked it out and you guys have uh, found something that you that you like about them. And I'm I'm hopefully, you know, 2021 be a good year. And with that, let's continue on to our top song of the year. So go ahead, Luna. All right. So in a way, mine's predictable because y'all know this is my girl. And drum roll, da, 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 it is Kodokumi with XXKK. And this, for me, I mean, she released several tracks this year. And I, I guess you would say this is a big standout one for me because I love her upbeat dance songs, for one. And she has been a part of my life since I got into J-pop in, like, 04. And she continues to dominate that part of my life. And XXKK just felt like a comeback song for me. Despite her having releases before this in 2020, this gave a great way of what she was and what she started off as what she is now. So pretty much she took, you know, her a combination of what she's done and what she has become and put it in a song. And that is why I absolutely love XXKK. And it just has a great mixture of her music career. It is the chorus is catchy, a little repetitive though. And the lyrics ring true to me is she's my queen. I mean, literally to me, she is the crown on top. She is the queen of live. She is my freaking favorite artist of all time you know and that is why this just hit a spot for me as something in my heart thinking this is my girl and I have had this song on repeat since it came out I also bought both her albums fan club one and non-fan club one this year that came out and this is a great way to celebrate her 20th anniversary of her career and it shows that she's still she's still doing what she's doing she's still amazing and she's still succeeding and i love that she incorporates a part of her old self in her music but also shows that this is who she is now and this is who she's becoming and i love that aspect about her is because she changes everything up and she still keeps with who she she still has that part of who she was but she also is not afraid about changing her style, changing her music, and doing something different. And that's what I love about her. And XXKK was just a big win for me. My only thing is the repetitiveness of the chorus does is a little much for those who don't know her. But I still love the song nonetheless. And it has just been a big high point of my year. Yeah, so for me, XXKK... It the dichotomy of the song is very very interesting. So I split this song into two parts: the K the XX part, which is the first part of the song, which is a little bit of her hard style, and I don't mind that, but th- that isn't for me. But and then the KK part, which is a more slower and more vocally driven style. I actually really like that, and it shows that that mixture of both is how she is and how she feels 
a part of what her career is so far. And it was alright for me. I think, like, I, when we did our artist spotlight, I am more of a fan of her vocal heavy ballad styles more than not. So I, I guess 50% of the song was all right. I did not like the chorus, the, the, the crown on top part. It was just a, a little bit, a little bit much for me. Yeah, no, Th- this song, I don't know where to start with it. It, it was very interesting. And I, I will say the song, it, it's not for me at the end of the day, but it, it, it is trying to do something a little different, and I did appreciate that. I liked the duality of it all, and yes, the chorus is very repetitive. I don't know how many times she says crown on top in that song. To be fair, the first time I heard it, I thought she said something else, but crown on top is works way better. Still, it's a very interesting song, and it's kind of cool that she's trying to do like a culmination of her career in one song in this style. I think it's a very interesting and unique idea. And if you're a longtime fan, if you like both of her styles, I think this is definitely something that you would very well quite enjoy. And and so, like I said, at the end of the day, it was not for me, but I did find aspects about of it that I did quite like. And, you, you know, it was, it's nice to see this here because I, I honestly forgot Kodakumi had stuff come out this year. So it was nice to see her here. We we're able to talk about it. And I, I did enjoy my time with it. So thank you, Luna. You're welcome. I'm glad to bring up a new track this year. She had several good ones, but this was a favorite of mine personally. So, But yeah, with that, let's move on to my number one track. And that is A Stinging Spice by polka dot stingray now oh boy i originally knew this was going to be one of my top tracks when it came out back in january (laughs) and it's been a long thing coming so i love this track it was my small ray of hope that kept me going throughout the year and its simple composition is something i could get lost in hours on end and you know guitarist Hiroshi Ejima and bassist Yuki Uemura is just their bass work and the guitar work by them. It's just absolutely on point and brought one of the reasons why I love Polka Dot Singray to the forefront. And, you know, I could just get lost in this song hours on end. And in fact, I've done so while I was writing articles. The it's, it's just every single time that I listen to the song, the, the composition just entices me every single time. Yeah, no, this was a very interesting song, and I'm really glad you picked it. I, the first time I heard it, I, I I knew why you picked it. It was just a very compelling song. The thing that really stuck out to me was that bass line. Like, that is one hell of a bass line. And, I mean, it's just, it really just sticks in your skull. And uh, I really wound up liking this. I, I, I don't know if I would download it per se, but I still wound up enjoying it. And I thought it was a fantastic song. And I in the uh, lead vocalist, I think she does an amazing job with this track, too. I think she her vocals in this are a lot of fun. And like I said, overall, this is a really, really great song. So I love Stinging Spica. I thought this was absolutely fantastic like grace said i love the bass line in general i love the composition and the vocals were just amazing and i think that is the big thing for polka dot stingray is 
they're just so good at what they do. And when they do a track like this, it's just absolutely amazing. I think they're amazing in general. And I just, I just got lost in the composition and I easily had to listen to it more than once just because of all the guitar work in it and just the vocal work as well. Everything fits together so perfectly. I really cannot wait to dive into the rest of this album just because I love this track as the opening track. It was amazing and it just made reminded me of how much I love Polka Dot Stingray and that I need to keep going back and listening to them because they are fantastic. No, I'm very glad that you, you, you guys like the track overall. Like, like when I first heard this back in January, this was one of the reasons why I had to buy the mini album. And that mini album is a sought after item now because the physical edition only had 2,000 pressings. So... I'm so happy that I was able to pick that up. My friend is super jealous, of that, in fact. But yeah, no, I'm I'm so happy that you guys liked it, though. But with that, let's go on to your number one track, Gray. So go right ahead. Yeah, so uh, for my number one song, I, I went with Ayumi by Ivy, uh, specifically Ivy Yuta, because this was a solo song from by Yuta from Ivy. And this was a song that, I fell in love with the first time I heard it. it. It is such a beautiful song. The piano work specifically just really sucks you in when you hear it and just really pulls you along. And I, I've fallen quite in love with, I know I haven't talked about them as much as I have dice over the year, but I've still fallen quite head over heels in love with Ivy. I think they're, fantastic and they did a bunch of releases of their singles uh of solo songs and i think like of their solo songs this was by far my favorite and i really liked all of them but ayumi to me just stood above the rest now i will caveat this the live performance on youtube is a little different it, it, it i mean it is the same song but the vocal performance is tweaked just a little bit and the piano doesn't shine through nearly as much. So you might get a slightly different experience if you watch the live performance. But I really enjoy both performances. I think that, you know, overall, this is a fantastic song. Yuta just kills it vocally. I mean, this his vocals are on point for this song and he's doing the piano work too so as he's singing he's playing the piano and it is just one of the things where like the whole thing comes together and it just works so good i've listened to this song i can't tell you how many times and before i heard ayumi my number one song of the year was alice which was also an ivy song so ivy was always going to be number one it just was a matter of what song took which but the moment I heard this song, I knew it was going to be my number one for the year because they it just set the bar so high that I just like, there's nothing else. Like, there might be something that I like more than this, but the odds are low because, I mean, he kills it in this song. And I just fall in love with it every time I hear it. It is such a compelling song. I, it is easily my song of the year, and I, I love Ivy. They just had an album drop. I would love to buy it, but I, I can't afford it right now. But 
Uh, I'm very eager to hear what you guys thought of Ayumi. So I know we've talked about this before and I think it is an absolutely beautiful track. And I think Yuta does a fantastic job. It, I love my ballads and this one really does stand out. It just shows off the vocal capabilities Yuta has. And even though Ivy is a hit or miss for me as a whole, I felt like their solo songs were very well done. And this was the be- easily the best of the solo tracks. And just... Hearing his vocals is amazing. I will say, I will specify, I think the actual recording of this is better than the live. Is the live, you don't really hear the piano in it as much. And what really makes it is that composition matched with his vocals. It just tied so well in together. And it makes for just a gorgeous song. No, yeah. I mean, Ayumi was one of those picks that I knew was going to be your top pick because just by just using my ears and listening to how much you liked it, I knew that eventually it was going to be on your top pick. So I didn't really think too much of it originally. I listened to the live version, and honestly, I was really turned off by it. And you told me off off air, just listen to it one more time, and it'll get you, I swear. And I'm like, I don't know. It's it's way too slow for me. The, the, the composition, how they did it in the live, was way too slow for me. So... I had my doubts when I was listening to the studio version of it. And boy, was I wrong because it doesn't do it justice. And honestly, I loved listening to it because just the relaxing power of of Yuta's voice was absolutely amazing. And I've loved every second of it. He, he is a vocally amazing guy. And I, I would love to hear more solo work done by him. Yeah, th- this was the song that really made him my favorite. In the like, I didn't really have a favorite, but once I heard uh, Ayumi by him, I was like, okay, that's it. Like, I like the other guys, but my God, Yuta, you are f- you are fantastic. And uh, yeah, the, the I didn't know for the longest while that he played the piano, and, and then when I watched the live performance, like I saw him playing the piano, and I my my mind was really blown by that because typically when with boy groups, they don't play their own instruments. So I thought that was something that really set him apart. And I, I will ag- agree that like, like I said, like the best part of this song is the piano and that live performance. You don't quite hear it. it it's kind of faded into the background and you really, really need to hear the piano to really understand this song. And that's why I was, I was really glad that you, you went back and listened to the, the studio recording because that that I, I was like it's like if he hears that I think he'll like it because because I understand it's a slow song but when you hear like all the all the piano work and stuff in it it actually moves at a good clip and, and so it doesn't feel like it's dragging as much but when you don't hear all that piano work and you're just hearing the vocal work I could see that song dragging quite a lot so I, I do think the superior version is the studio uh, recorded version of it but I do like both versions of the song and you know you know it's just where i i listened to it so many times before i even saw the live version i was like oh yeah yeah but yeah no i'm glad you guys really liked it uh especially you can because i know you're iffy on it in the beginning and i was like i was like man i, I don't understand why he doesn't love the song because it has like all the things that he typically likes 
But I'm glad you gave it another shot and you wound up really enjoying it because this, like I said, this was easily my favorite song of the year. Just that, that piano work just really blew me away. Yeah, with that, let's move on to our new artist of the year. So basically, this is an artist that we discovered throughout the lovely year of 2020. I think I'm the only one that had a follow-up artist. But with that, let's kind of start with your new artist of the year, Luna. So mine was the artist Miu, who did we did it. I did an MC on. So I discovered her randomly. I was driving to Arizona with my dad and just listening to random things on Spotify. And Bonnie Pink was the artist I was listening to. And next up, this something new played, and I looked at my phone, and it was someone named Miu. I had never heard of her, not familiar with her at all, and it was her song Southern Waves. And I fell in love with that song immediately. So then I started looking up other music by her and I got really into her and I'm like, she is fantastic. How have I not heard of her? She's been around for a while. And I started listening to more songs with her. And even though she does have that girl with guitar theme, like many others do, I still think she was a breath of fresh air and what she does, especially when you watch a lot of her YouTube covers I mean, she is very unique. Her voice has this light, airy feel to it. It makes you feel really calm and relaxed. And I just love all her acoustic songs. Like, her tri-acoustic is amazing. And she just brings something just nice and just beautiful and light and airy. Just makes you feel really good inside. So, I ended up loving her so much, I bought her Blue S. Lowly album that dropped in February. And as soon as I saw she released that, I bought that. I bought her debut single with Southern Waves on it. And it was under the single title, Where You'll Find Me. And it just, she just blew me away. And I am so glad I just discovered her randomly. And she was one of those artists that just, you know, changed my perspective in 2020. And I just loved. Yeah, so for me... My new artist of the year would have to be Daichi Yamamoto. I mean, it was between him and Indy, to be honest. And for me, it was actually kind of easy after I kind of broke it down to those two because Yamamoto has been a real sight for the years for the genre that he's in. And while I've only listened to a couple of his songs, his various demos on YouTube really won me over. And like I said earlier, that Tokyo Drift remix is absolutely fire and really opened his diversity towards his discography towards me. And I can't wait to just listen to more of his tracks. And I've been really, really excited for whatever he comes out after this. Yeah, so uh, my new artist of the year was Ivy. I mean, they did do my number one song of the year, so it, di- it didn't make any sense for me to stick anybody else here. There, there are other artists that I did discover this year that I did love, but at the end of the day, Ivy just really took home the cake. I, I just love everything about these guys. They're they're so good. They're fantastic. They have such wonderful, fun, catchy songs. They're really talented all the way around. And like I still remember the day I discovered them. I still remember the day that I first heard Alice and just how much I fell in love with that song right then and there, uh, which was the very first song I had ever heard by Ivy. I, I think they're really good. I think they can take a pretty generic Boy Idol song and really make it into something special and awesome. And I've just really fallen in love with these. Like I said, they just had an album that dropped Awake. It actually dropped on the 30th of December. And 
I really wish I could afford it because I would I would own it in a heartbeat, but I can't. So, but Ivy is just by far just like one of my absolute favorite discoveries of the year, and they've really just been uh, a real shining highlight for 2020 for me. So with that, let's round this out with our artists of the year. And I know we have a couple of honorable mentions between me and you, Luna. So why don't you say the honorable mentions first? So my honorable mentions were Edu as she has had a great year digital single and second mini album wise. Millet with her debut album Eyes was freaking fantastic and blew me out of the water. Kodokumi with her double releases of her My Name Is fan club and Angel Times Monster. I mean, double mini albums and my favorite artist. I think she did a great job for 2020. Yunezu Kenshi as Stray Sheep was one of the highlights I've had in general just because I spent months just obsessing over Kenshi and Stray Sheep and I still am obsessed with it. So those are my big honorable mentions of the year. Yeah, so for me, I mean, there was only one, and that was Syrup. He had a phenomenal year for me. And if he released maybe one more album, I think he would have been pushed to my artist of the year. But the CIY EP that he did drop and then the couple of sporadic digital singles that he did drop after that really bumped him up to an artist that I really looked for throughout the year. So with that, let's round out the end of 2020 with our artist of the year all right so my artist of the year was a witch and mainly because so she's had an amazing year she started off with kujaku her i would say technically second studio album and that was with yen town and kujaku released in january and she released many of the music videos for the songs off that throughout january and february And this album blew me away. I mean, I started listening to checking out all those music videos for it. I immediately had to buy it. She pleasantly surprised me. The album as a whole is great. You hear a harder side of her and you also hear a softer side of her. And I think it is a great balance of an album. And not only did she do that, she made her major debut under Universal with her mini album Partition in August. And it was fantastic. I was very pleasantly surprised as I was worried how Universal would handle her music as Yentown did a great job because she has a lot of explicit lyrics and also just listening to it in general, what she raps about. And I was wondering how Universal would handle it. They did a great job. I feel like they gave her pretty free reign of it because when you listen to Partition, her music did not drastically change. It pretty much sounded, I wouldn't say it sounded similar to Kujaku, but it was the same style, but she mixed it up. I mean, as a mini album, it was fantastic. I loved all the tracks on it. I immediately pre-ordered it when it came up. And then she rounded off the end of the year covering a Beatles famous Christmas song, War Is Over. And then she also was featured on I's latest single, Not So Different, and has been, her and I have been promoting that on CDTV and other shows in Japan. And for A Witch, I mean, her getting to collaborate for one of the 
biggest R&B vocalist in Japan is amazing. And not to mention, she has seen great success throughout the year getting signed with a major label. And with the release of both albums and everything, I, I'm i just so happy for her that she's had a good year and she showcased her skills and the hard life she went through, you know, and to where to get to where she is now is amazing. And I, I cannot be happier for her. And she has just jumped up on my list of artists immensely. Yeah, so for me, it was fairly easy after that, after po- after not choosing Syrup, and that was Polka Dot Stingray. Now, for me, they had an amazing overall year with not only an EP, you got, they released several digital singles and an album at the end of the year to cap off 2020. But one of the things that really pushed them to my artist of the year wasn't so much the tracks that they were putting out it was so much things that they were doing during the pandemic and the ongoing crisis here as they were one of the first bands to hold live concerts for free and it was very interesting to kind of see that a bigger ticketed group such as them because they they made universal a lot of money and for them to be like, yeah, we're going to drop two free live concerts on the net for free was very, very interesting. So I was very happy that they kind of pioneered that right when everything was getting locked down. But, I mean, we have Sing Spaka and we have Jet. There's a lot of songs that I've absolutely loved by Polka Dot Stingray. But it wasn't just what they did on with their music is what they did off their music and their personal stuff really opened my eyes to to what they are and I really appreciate that and I've become fans of them even more so from this. Alright, so my number one artist for the year, and I, I think this will surprise literally no one, is Dice. I I, I just man, these guys have dominated the past five months of of the year and i just have fallen so head over heels in love with these guys they're they're fantastic i love everything about them i've been going back and listening to their older work and enjoying it and i i remember how i like we, we've talked about them before in the past like they've come up and they've been kind of like on my radar as a group to check out but I didn't really take the plunge until Sota did his song with Beverly. The They did the cover of Endless Love. And I, I fell in love with that song. It's such a beautiful performance done by Sota. And Beverly just really killed it. It, it is actually my favorite rendition of that song. And I'm not a huge fan of different covers. So... I just, I really fell in love with Endless Love. And I was like, you know what? Soda's performance is so strong and so powerful in this song. Let me go out and check out his work with Dice. And I just, song after song, I just fell in love with. You know, it started off with Phoenix and Flight Away, then Damn It. And then they did Dreamin' On, which is the current One Piece opening and... They've been doing one single release ever since they joined AVEX and 
you know, they have a brand new album coming out in a couple of weeks called Six that I'm just really looking forward to. I have had a ton of fun with these guys. I think they're fantastic. I think they're great vocalists. And I, I really think that they do a really good version of like that pop and lock dance sort of thing, but also leaning on good vocals. And it's just a good combination of the two. And I just have a lot of fun listening to their music. Like Face was my album of the year. I just, I've listened to Face 30, 40, 50 times. I just love that album. And even the songs I didn't like, like Yawn, just by the end of the year have been the songs that I genuinely love. So I, I just, for me, I like, it couldn't be anybody else. I couldn't even imagine somebody else taking the spot just dice they they've had such a good 2020 i am eagerly excited for 2021 they they are just such a fun group and i am looking forward to what they do next but yeah with that i want to say thank you for you know coming with us on this lovely live with this lovely ride of 2020 and kind of hearing what we had to say about our our favorite music artists and songs of the year you can find us on all our social media platforms on twitter and instagram at ongakudu you can find the site at ongakudu.com you can follow our affiliates karyu hunter he is a retro streamer who just recently got twitch partner so congratulations to kyo there and you can follow him on twitch.tv slash karyu hunter k-y-o-r-y-u-h-u-n-t-e-r you can also follow our other affiliate timber taff who is a variety game streamer and i actually joined him on his fourth day majora's mass moon glitch so if you guys are interested in watching that, you can check it out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T. You can also follow your sister, Rose, who unfortunately hasn't been streaming as of late. But if you are interested in following her, you can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also follow our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name. She is a another variety streamer who is in tight with the zelda community and you can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name f-a-n-g-i-r-l-h-a-s-n-o-n-a-m-e you can also check out the podcast that i do with kill timber and fangirl called potasaurus this past week was our end of 2020 game in reviews episode so you can if you want to hear what i have to say about my game of the year you can check that out by looking up Koryu Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, across all podcast streaming services. You can follow me personally on Twitter at OTYCam1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Aina Aina, Road 59, Bang Dream, Review Starlight, and more Bang Dream. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about, you know, all the things that I like, mostly Tokusatsu, Kamen Rider. I had a goal of finishing x before end of the year, but I did not meet it. So I'm still chronicling my way through x If you want to follow me there, definitely check that out. And you, Luna? You can follow me at several streaming, streaming platforms, such as Twitter, Letterboxd, Anime, my anime list, Anime Planet at Lunamaria87. There you can see what I'm currently watching and all that jazz, what I'm listening to via Twitter. 
You can also check out photos of my cat and Instagram. You can follow me at Nerdy Collector Luna. I promise I will update it soon with more cute kitty cat photos and what I have been listening to, watching, and purchasing. But yeah, once again, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakudu. Welcome to 2021, and I hope you guys have a good one. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's special New Year Best of 2020 episode. We hope you have a are having a fantastic 2021 so far and continue to have one. We will see you next time. Ja matane. And this is great.